Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. It's not how you start, but how you finish. We are your co-hosts, Solomon and Jamila Jefferson. We want you all to know, no matter the cards we've been dealt in life or the mistakes we've made, we will not allow our past to determine our future. We welcome our guest, Brother Will and Sister Shauna Williams, to share being impacted by pregnancy loss and how they all are giving back in their unique ways by having the opportunity to serve others who have been impacted by this issue in honor of Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. Welcome, you all. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Praise the Lord. All right. So let's start with Sister Shauna. Can you briefly share a little bit about yourself personally and professionally? Yeah. So my name is Shauna Williams. I am the wife of Will the mother of our four children, two of whom are in heaven and two are in our arms, our five-year-old Micah and my almost two-year-old Uriah. I currently am an adjunct professor and I have my own business, SW Doula, where I work as a lactation care professional, a trained doula, and also a perinatal mental health therapist. And I specialize in working with families who are pregnant after the experience of pregnancy or infant loss. Brother Will, can you briefly share a little bit about yourself personally and professionally? Okay. So my name is Will Williams. I actually own my own business as well, um, management consultants, uh, do bookkeeping, and I also do uh, grant writing, business plans. And then also I um, I've recently do some, I guess, uh, facilitate conversations with, um, you know, men who are, who, whose wives or spouses are our breastfeeding and how they can be helpful around those, you know, be as assistance and be supportive about that. Sounds like amazing callings and just to God be the glory. So can you all share some of what your emotional mental state was during your pregnancy loss experience and where you all are on your current journey? So when I think back to that time in 2012, we were pregnant with our first child, Christian. And we were getting ready to go to our 20-week appointment. So we were going to find out Christian was a boy or a girl. We were going to find out how he was growing. We were the first time you get that anatomy scan where you can the baby actually looks like a baby. And we were so excited. My pregnancy had gone really well. I hadn't had any problems getting pregnant. Everybody, all the medical professionals were making a big deal about how healthy I was and how great everything was looking. So we were shocked and devastated when we got to our appointment and the anatomy scan revealed that Christian's heart had stopped and they couldn't give us a reason. They ran all sorts of tests and all of that, but there was never a reason found. And so devastated is probably putting it mildly, particularly for me. I was just broken, broken, broken. I could not believe this happened. It didn't make sense to me. I couldn't figure out. I was blaming myself, but I didn't even know what to blame myself for. It just was so horrible. The pain was just raw and I was just, I felt so broken. It was a blessing that people like our pastor, one of the pastors at our church came and met with us and had been through a similar experience and offered some really good resources to me because I really needed it. I think probably The worst feeling was I felt so much shame and embarrassment. And I also felt I stopped short of saying suicidal. I didn't have a plan, but I honestly did not see a reason to live another day. 
I didn't see the point. And it was really Will who, you know, talked to me at that moment and said, you know, don't leave me. And I didn't know what he meant by that, but it was enough for me to say, okay, I can put one foot in front of the other. So when we in 2013 tentatively started trying again, we were assured that was a a fluke. It wouldn't happen again. And we got pregnant and went in for an early scan because the doctor wanted to be, uh, the midwife wanted us to really be on it and preventative. And we went in and found out that that baby had stopped growing at nine weeks. And at that point, I was just angry. I was angry at God. I was angry. I said, what is going on here? And I really, I just said to my midwife, I was like, listen, what is happening? And would you, if you were me, would you try again? I mean, because this just feels crazy. And I gave up in many ways. And we were looking into becoming foster parents. We had a relative who came and lived with us for a period of time, our niece. And that was a fun experience, but it, it was a nice distraction. And in the midst of focusing on her, we got pregnant again. And then Micah came. And so that entire pregnancy, I was so overjoyed, but I was also terrified. But I will say that that journey and then even getting pregnant again with Jariah I thought, oh, I'm going to be much better. And it became clear at a couple points throughout that pregnancy that I was still really, really nervous. I was easily triggered. I was on edge, worried about him. But thank God he and Micah both were healthy. But it was a it was a roller coaster of emotion. Wow. Thank you for sharing. Well, the will, did anything you want to add to that? It's not much. At that point, you know, you, you feel so much pain. You're just going through the motions. You know, you're doing everything that you, you know, the routines and you're just going through it. You're not, there's nothing, you know, there's no feeling. It's just, you know, just going through it. And you pretty much go through the moment, almost like a fake it till you make it type Mm -hmm. deal. You just go through the motions until, you know, everything, until everything comes back, I guess. And it's never normal, but it comes, you know, you're you're just not, the anguish is not as severe or strong. How did this impact your marriage? And what did you all learn individually and as a couple? Okay, um, so one of the things I've learned is there is a point where all you have is your faith mm-hmm. and like, you know, you know, your principles and all that because you can't outthink this. There's money won't can't do nothing. You know what I mean? There's all those tools that you have, they don't work. All you have is faith and you just gotta walk through it, strength. And because of that, you know, the the anguish that you feel, you can easily do make a mistake. So you're kind of doing what's right despite how you feel. That's profound. That's like, you know, when I think of obedience and stuff like that, and like you said, you know, I think of uh, the text Hebrews, faith scriptures. It's not about feeling. It's just like you got to just keep going through it. So thank you for sharing that. Sister Shauna, would you like to share? Yeah, I was thinking there's been a couple of things that I've really, really learned throughout our marriage. And one of them was about how couples go through grief. And I fell apart when we first learned about Christian and Will had to take care of everything. He literally had to plan his funeral. I had to ask him to decide. The midwives were like, how do you want to deliver the baby? Because you have to deliver the baby or we need to 
surgically have the baby come out. What do you want to do? And I said to Will, I can't make any decisions. He, he did everything. And then shortly after the funeral, I feel like, then I started to come together a little bit and then Will kind of fell apart. If I hadn't been so focused on myself, I might have thought maybe he isn't as upset as me or maybe he's not grieving. And I didn't realize until later when he fell apart, I was like, oh, wow, he was. And then, you know, he got stronger and then I fell apart again. So we (laughs) had these moments where we had to support each other. There was also times where, you know, Will talked to me and said, you know, don't leave, which was so important for me because although I I was like, okay, I'm going to live, but I'm going to leave him because I can't have a baby. I'm not worthy. I must have done something to our baby, even though the doctor said over and over again, I didn't. I just didn't feel worthy. And, but Will continued to love me through that. And that was so important. And in many ways, in that challenge made our relationship stronger. And we were told very early on, it's like, wow, you know, most couples don't make it through losing a child, that the rate of divorce and separation after that is really high. And we would go to support groups together and he'd be, depending on what group we were in, he might be one of the only men there, one of the only black men there, you know. So I started to look at him in that way, like, wow, he's really, you know, walking through this. We're doing this together. And also there was people who were so insensitive, even when they were talking to the artist, they would say something so hurtful, so hurtful. And Will had to step in and be my protector in a way he hadn't before. And I was so appreciative of that. We learned so many lessons through this. And I also was reflecting on this to him the other day about how I realized, even in the midst of all that, I didn't realize I was still getting most of the attention. It was negative attention or positive attention. People were checking in on me. They would see him and say, how's Shauna doing? No one really checked in on how he was doing. So thank you. That's why we're so grateful that both of y'all are definitely sharing because it's so significant for his voice to have been known and continue to be heard as well because men are impacted as well as the women. And I noticed you had mentioned, you know, I reflect on something I came across the other day that I learned about that when you mentioned about in the marriage, how, you know, it could probably take a toll because some people end up in divorce or are led towards that because of this devastating situation. But to God be the glory. I just thank God for how you all like encouraged and supported each other and how God showed God's self through each of you all in ways that you all would have never have seen had you all not gone through this under these circumstances. And I really appreciate Brother Will when he was talking about the only thing you really have to hold on to is your faith. Mm. Because one thing I've seen some people do is those who's not, who don't have faith, they blame each other. Mm. You know, that's another issue that a lot of people do. They blame each other. But thank God your faith kept you guys stable and strong. And I like how one broke down at one point, the other one took over, and then the other one broke mm. down, and then the other one took over. That, that's, that's a balance. I thank God for that. Praise God. That's amazing. So what supports were helpful for you all that can help those listening impacted by pregnancy law? So one of the first things we did was we had a, a pastor from our church come and speak to us. But what was specifically helpful about it was it was someone who had been through our school. 
And so there's just so many nuances that are really hard to understand unless you've gone through it. And so he didn't come in with God doesn't make any mistakes and your baby's in a better place because that was not what we wanted to hear. And he also preached our son's funeral, which was helpful because incorporated into the sermon, he told everyone who was there, listen, don't say this, don't do that. So that was really helpful for us. And he was also able to understand how it impacts a marriage. That was a, a very good support. We also did two different support groups. We did one just for people who have lost a child of any age. And then we did one for people who's lost a baby. And both of those were helpful in different ways. But I feel like in both of those, we either saw, you know, got understood how important it was that both of us were there together because we saw maybe no one having spousal support. And then in other groups, we saw men coming in with their wives and them being together and talking about that experience. So those two experiences in a variety of ways, even looking at it and seeing people who had really gotten stuck in their grief, understandably so. But I remember afterwards, we would look at each other and be like, okay, well, we see where we need to pray not to go, like what the rest of we need to, what healing looks like and what it doesn't look like after that. Praise God. Brother Will, did you experience any different of uh, help or support during that time other than what your wife just explained? No, I thought I was a part of her support. At the same time, I was getting mine while I was, you know, there. You know, just to, you know, see, Lana gave me insight on some of her feelings because, you know, listening to what some of the women were, were uh, experiencing. And then, you know, I was just getting my healing, listening to the other men as well. You know, especially one, one, the one of them, there was actually, you know, no men really. So I was just there to, you know, just soaking up in what's going on within the women that were experiencing this. I know uh, one of the women really resonated with Shauna and she said she felt the same way. And this woman lost her son. He was like 40 or something mm-hmm. like that. But Shauna was like, I feel exactly the way this woman feels. So nothing extra. I'm, I'm just experiencing as I'm experiencing, I'm receiving healing. And with that said, is there anything that you guys do uh, to observe the loss yearly or how does that work? I know when I pray, I include them in my prayer every single day. You know, even say hi and good night to them every single day. It's challenging because we lost Christian. We found out we lost him on December 26th, um, the day right after Christmas. Mm-hmm. We think we might have lost him somewhere during Christmas. And, you know, that, you know, I think it was like during Christmas. Mm-hmm. So. And Micah's birthday is the day before Christmas. Right. Wow. Wow. Unbelievable. So that one's, you know, doing something on that day is difficult. But like I said, every every single day, good morning and good night to them. Praise God. What about you, Sister Shauna? Yeah, I was just thinking about the fact that Christian shares a room with his brothers. We have his urn in there. And the other thing is that being involved in doing the work that I do every day feels like a way that I celebrate and acknowledge Christian. And there's been opportunities that I've gotten to. There was a movie about pregnancy loss called Return to Zero, and people who had lost babies were invited to have their baby's names in the credits. So his name was in the credits. On the 15th of October is the Wave of Light. You light a candle in commemoration of your baby. So there's things like that. I've had a doll made in Christian's name. 
that is given to families who has lo- who have lost a baby. So, you know, there's different things that I've just gotten opportunities to do because I'm in this community and seeing all of these things. But every day, my first baby I was that was delivered as when I uh, started working as a doula was born on Christian's birthday. Wow. wow. I was in the hospital watching this baby be born, helping this baby latch for the first time the day I was holding Christian's lifeless body in my arms. And it was years later. It took me a while to heal, to get to a point where I would have ever been able to do that. But it was such an amazing way that I reflected like, wow, look how far I've come. I wasn't even able to be in a room with a pregnant woman without feeling overwhelmed with anxiety at one point. And this is how far my healing has come. Every baby I serve, every parent I support, Every time one of my clients has a rainbow baby, I feel like I am celebrating my own children. That is nothing but God. Wow. Praise his holy name. So, yeah, we had the opportunity to have a guest sometime share her experience with loss. And she had uh, multiple miscarriages. But then I also, and if Shauna, if you wouldn't mind, can you help me? Because Y'all are experts. When do you stop calling it miscarriage for our audience and for us to know? And when, because I know you said you were 20 weeks, right? That you all had the funeral. So it's interesting because there's not always agreement among the medical community, but pretty much around, I'll say 20 weeks or earlier, they tend to refer to your loss as a miscarriage. 20 weeks or after, they consider that a stillbirth. But, you know, even you could be 16 weeks or more and still have to go through the process of delivering your baby and being able to hold and see your baby. Some people who have miscarriages fairly early on, like even at nine weeks, if I had delivered, I had a surgical birth uh, with my second baby, but I would have been able to even hold and observe my baby at that point. So people do all sorts of things to try to engage with that. But typically, because your babies are so little and those earlier weeks of like 20 weeks to up to like 30 weeks or so, they tend to have maybe a cremation or people will have like a memorial service. Babies later than that maybe have their bodies prepared and have a typical funeral. But it's really up to the family what they feel comfortable with. Some people just can't stand the thought of any of that. And that's hard for them. So yeah, that's pretty much that 20 week mark is where most folks tend to identify the difference between miscarriage and stillbirth. Thank you. That's been so helpful. So to share, we had a close family friend, her son, I want to say a wife, she didn't be able to deliver. It was actually, she went into labor and the baby was born deceased. And so my question to you and you all, have you all ever, in the work that you do, have you ever experienced that? Can you share to people impacted as such that have experienced something like that? Yeah. So when your baby is, the body will decide, right, when baby needs to be born. And if your baby was healthy and even then the baby kind of lets your body know when it's time to deliver. And even if no one was around, your body would do what it needed to do to have baby come out. That same thing happens if your baby passes away. 
But often people are not prepared. They don't realize they're going into labor. They don't realize something is wrong, but their body is doing what they need to do to have baby come out so that you can remain healthy. So that can happen sometimes. And it's very frightening. And one of the most validating things that happened for me, and I think is helpful for people who have had those experiences, because there's such a wide range that people experience when they lose their babies, is to understand that that is a traumatic experience. For someone to be able to say to you, you have experienced a trauma is important because People often don't know or have any idea what happens. You were pregnant and then suddenly you are not. They don't realize everything that happened in that process in order for your baby to be born. And so people don't realize that the variety of very scary and upsetting and hard things and also the things that might have brought you peace in that moment, right? That people can't imagine why that would happen if someone was to give you a picture of their baby who has passed away. I always let folks know if someone shows you a picture of their baby who has died, that is something very special. And you need to feel very honored that they did that. But often people are like, oh, I don't want to see that. Like they feel, you know, upset about that. But for that parent, when Christian was born, we had pictures of him. I held him. That was the most peaceful moment because he, I was able to see that he was real and count his 10 fingers and count his 10 toes. And so, but even with that, at the end, I still, did not have my baby to come home with. So just to help folks understand that you have lived through a traumatic experience and you deserve support and sensitivity and validation in that. And really there's a spiritual healing that needs to happen because all the talking in the world, you know, someone giving you all the platitudes, none of that matters. And and you have to get face to face with God and really sit with that because there is no amount of just scriptures and light and trite that won't. Praise God. Thank you for sharing. Well, I, I can tell you something. Uh, I've been listening very attentively to what you guys have been saying. I can only imagine going through something like that, you know, because I am very familiar with different types of trauma, but that I just can't even imagine going through something like that. So I personally want to thank you guys for uh, opening your hearts up and, and sharing this detailed information because people need to hear it because there are some people right now who's going to be listening to this and they they might have been went through this already and they're deciding whether they want to try again. So can you speak to those people? Well, time will tell. Um, I think, you know, when it's raw, you know, it's not a good idea. But, you know, after time, you know, after some healing, after some therapy, you'll you'll know. I don't think you don't do it too early. And that's all. You'll, once you feel it, you'll never be completely healed. You'll know when it's when you're ready. And, you know, God will let you know. I've heard that's something many of my clients talk about, like, and when should I try again? When should I try again? And there's an author that I like who talks about, you know, it's time to try again when the pain of not giving it a shot hurts worse than the pain that you're sitting with now. And, you know, that takes a while because sometimes you want to jump right back in. Like Will said, you can you can rush the process. And, you know, even when your baby is, if you are blessed to have a rainbow baby, because it's important to know everyone doesn't have a baby. Or when I say rainbow baby, a baby born after experience of loss. Not everyone has that. Right. Not everyone gets that. And some people do experience loss again. And so 
to feel like you are emotionally ready, also medically ready, really working with your medical providers to know what do you specifically need. Um, finding that provider that's willing to take that time with you and really check in on you emotionally, in addition to just physically, is important. Having a support system, whether it's a therapist, whether it's a good friend, whether it's a support group that can really hold space for all of the range of emotions that come up. And to understand that uh, having a baby doesn't fix your loss and your grief and that trauma. You still have to go through a healing experience. You know, I was working with a couple recently who they had experienced a loss and they had just found out. And the partner was saying, okay, well, when can we try again? And I understood where he was coming from. He was noticing how his partner was. And he was like, I just want her to be happy. Like, I want her to believe there's hope. I don't want her to just sit in in this pain. And I was like, you're going to have to sit in it for a little bit. And I know it's coming from a place of concern, but there's no rushing this. With the work that you do now and the experience that you had with the losses, in some kind of way, do you think that equipped you to do or prepared you to do your job better or more effectively? Absolutely. Absolutely. I could not have, I would have chosen any other path but this one, but this is the this is the one God gave me. And it has allowed me to sit with people in some very dark emotional places, to sit with people at the greatest moment of joy in their greatest, deepest well of pain. To understand what it's like to feel like I can't go on another day. What's the point? And to also be so focused on having a baby, that's all you can think about. I can relate to all of that. Every experience I have had has prepared me for where I am, but I could not have foreseen it. This was something that was a path that God aligned. It was not my decision. I'm thankful I'm here and I love this work, but this was definitely not in my plan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I heard you there. Wow. What a, just to hear that this, this it's is, like a calling. And, you know, when I reflected so far as to what we've been talking about, and I remember Brother Will sharing that when you all went to a support group, how you were able to relate to someone who had lost a child at 40 and yours wasn't even that age. That's deep to me because loss no matter what the age is significant, you know, whether no matter the time frame, everybody experiences things differently based on their context and what they bring to life. Right. And so that was so deep. And I didn't know if you wanted to share a little bit more about that. So those who are listening, who have experienced loss, you know, not just a miscarriage or a stillbirth, but loss, because we read a book, I think one of our friend's cousins was a part of a book and she, I think, had a stillbirth, mm -hmm. but then other women were able to share their stories of loss. And I think it was a set of twins that got lost in the fire and they were, I think, toddlers. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just want to, you know, before we wrap up, to hear your thoughts, you all's thoughts about that, because that's profound. Yeah. What was when you lose your baby so early on, and another lost parent said this to me who had lost her child at 16. She said, you know, my experience was so hard, but at least I had 16 years 
you didn't get anything. I would just feel so cheated. And that really resonated with me. But at the time that we were at this group and this mom came in, it was when you lose your baby, people are, they don't even say to you, you lost your child. They don't even describe it that way. You're lucky if they say you lost your baby. They're just like, oh, you had a miscarriage. It'll be okay. You can try again. Oh, well, at least you didn't get to know the baby too much. And it's okay. You're young. You're healthy. You'll do it again. Like people are very dismissive. And I think they believe that's helpful. But I just was feeling like I must be going crazy. Why am I having such a strong emotional reaction? And everyone is acting like nothing even happened to me. That is sad, but it's just a thing that happens. And so when this woman came in and started talking about her 40-year-old son who had died from overdose, but the thing she was saying about her experience, it was the first time it hit me that my baby was actually my child, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. And that that was why I was experiencing what I was. And I didn't even want to talk at first in this group because so many of the other parents had lost children who were older. So I felt like, oh, no, I don't even feel like I can sit with these folks, right? I can't even understand what they're going through. I felt like I had experienced something different, but that was very validating for me to hear. Praise God. So it's so profound. Like, we just never know. And then it ended up being something that you needed. You know, Isaiah 55, like, that is profound. So thank you for sharing. So we're going to wrap up. Uh, We just got a few more questions. So what are some practical tools, resources, scriptures, or, you know, whatever you all feel led to share for those listening based on what we have shared and discussed so far? I don't have a specific scripture. I just know I had to dive into it. For me, I I don't know if that's everyone, but when I did dive in, I felt better at the moment. It was almost like a coping mechanism. It was just an escape for a little bit when I dove into the, the word. And there was other coping mechanisms as well. That you know when you when you're doing it, you just escape just for a little bit. So I would say healthy coping mechanisms, and you just gotta ride it out. There's so many different scriptures and things that we heard. There were so many sermons right after that that we would both look at each other like, <gasps> like it would feel like we were being spoken to directly. God just uh, that kept coming up for us. But for me, I know Book of Lamentations was so powerful for me, and the Book of Job. I just kept going back to those two, Lamentations and Job, and just kept reading those over and over again. And then thinking about resources that were very helpful, the pastor shared with me a book called I'll Hold You in Heaven by, I believe the author's name is Jack Hayesford. And I recommend that for every client I encounter, any person I encounter who's experienced pregnancy loss or has had to terminate a pregnancy, whether due to life circumstances or medical circumstances. And they are identify as Christian because those things that people say to you that you think they think are helpful, right? God doesn't make any mistakes. Oh, your baby is with God. That hurts so deep that it's just part of why you end up feeling angry or abandoned by God. And he, in the past, the author of this book really sits with that and really breaks down why that's not correct. And it, it was so helpful for me. There also is a podcast I recommend to folks, Sisters in Laws, which is a podcast. The woman's name is Erica McAfee. This podcast, she's a Black woman. She is a Christian. And so that often comes out in the stories that people are just coming on telling their stories. For Black women, it is so important. There's also another uh, support group on Facebook that's free 
called Black Angel Moms, led by uh, Janae Hopgood in the Philly area. She's also a lost mom who's a, a marriage and family therapist. But being in spaces, if you are a African-American person, the statistics for us to lose our children before their first birthday is significantly higher than any other racial group in the country. And so there is a lot that happens during our experience. And this is common. My clients, I work specifically with Black women, they will find out there was something medically that wasn't handled or they said to their doctor, I don't feel right. And it wasn't responded to. That wasn't necessarily part of my story in in those instances, but that's something that we often come across. So it can be helpful sometimes to align with women who get your experience at a deeper level. So Sisters in Loss is a podcast. Black Angel Mom is a support group as well. Great. Thank you. Praise God. Right. So do either one of you have any closing comments? Yeah, I just want to say thank you so much. Every time I get the opportunity to talk about our experience, it's again another way that we get to create a legacy for our babies that can offer some healing to someone else. And people don't ask us, believe it or not. Like people are like, oh, that happened. Oh, and they move on. We don't get to sit and, and talk. I'm fortunate that as a professional, I get to now. But it is just such a gift to have a space to share this story. So uh, we really thank you for that. Praise God. We are so grateful and honored. And we give God the glory to be able to hear and listen to you all and learn so much that we know will continue to not only bless us, but others as well. So we just thank you all for taking this time out of your schedule to join us. Yes, thank you. If I could, I just wanted to add the name of the support groups we attended so that people know. Compassionate Friends is a national support group that is free for people who have lost children of any age. And the group we went to with for baby loss was called Unite. But there's also another group called Share. And both of those are specific to people who have lost babies. So I want to just make sure I gave them a shout out. They were such a good support. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So at this time, if you all would please feel free to share if you feel led to do so, your contact information, your, I know you all have a lot of different opportunities, like what you all shared earlier. So if you all feel led and comfortable with sharing, you all can do so at this time. So Will's going to look it up and then I can give mine. So I'm at Shauna M. Williams, LCSW on Facebook. I'm at at s.w.doula on Instagram. And my website is www.mysw.doula.com. So mysw.doula.com. I just thank God, you know, before Will gives his, as I've been reflecting and learning and listening to you all, it's so like purpose in the pain, in a sense, like, because out of what you all went through to give back, so uniquely and so it's like a calling like you know i'm just like to god be the glory i mean wow and oftentimes we get these special callings and it's pain first and if we be honest we ask why why me you know (laughs) i mean i know some men of the bible who went through some rough times too not pertaining to what you guys went through but Look at the disciples. They all got martyred, you know, so it just it's amazing how God picked certain people to do certain things. And to me, and I'm talking specifically for me, some things that God 
Carol Stewart, I don't think is always fair, but he's God. So we have to give into it and just trust that he's, he know what he's doing. Because I, I know for a fact, some of the things I've been through can't even compare to what you guys have been through. But through it all, God has kept me. Yes. God is so good. I cannot even begin to, God has blessed me so much. It's just, and blessed our marriage. And even, you know, with the experiences we have now having a child with special needs, and there's just ways that we look at the world now that we're more complicated, as Will often says, but we can find joy and gratitude in things that I would have, would have been too much for me. We had gone through this. And I think a lot about because Solomon, at one point you had said to me, I was doing all sorts of other work and I was just starting on this path. And you were like, well, you know, that's that's what God has for you, right? This is what you're doing. And I was like, oh, uh, maybe it is. And it wasn't, it was April of this year that I stepped out and started doing it full time. Wow. Look at God. Won't he do yes. it? So Solomon on my mind regularly, I think about that. Thank God. That's what I'm talking about. It's just like stepping out on faith to God be the glory. And we're so proud of you. I love reading all the stuff that I'm able to, you know, read when you share in your videos. And I just give God the glory, especially, you know, in the African-American community, because when you had mentioned the statistics for African-American women, that's profound. And then just hearing sometimes that like, you know, the stereotype that people say, well, you know, African-American women could just push out kids and do this and that. That could be hurtful, you know, when somebody is not able to do that. So, yeah. So I was just reflecting in that. So thanks for sharing. So Will, you ready? Yes, I am. <laughs> okay. Brave guy. Okay. So I'm going to use my Instagram is personal underscore financial underscore coach. Uh, and that's for Instagram. I also use my email, which is wrwilliamsii at gmail.com. All right, you all. So we just give God the glory for this. We learn so much. We thank God for you all. We love you all in Christ. Just continue to do what it is God has called you all to continue to do, to sow into the lives of others, as well as God continuing to bless and transform you all in your service. So, yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. This has been so wonderful. Yes, it's been great. God bless. God bless. Yes. You too. So no matter the cards we've been dealt in life or the mistakes we have made, it does not define who we are or where we are going. It is just a part of our story and the journey that God has us on to not only learn from these different experiences, but to sometimes be able to help support, encourage, and inspire others who may be going through similar situations. My husband and I have learned this to be true because of our different life experiences, which have led us in wanting to continue to share our story along with others to know it is not how you start, but how you finish.